0: Acts chapter two is where we're going to read this morning, and uh, these verses, of course, are all too familiar to us, uh, but uh, we're going to look at uh, this passage and another passage, uh, just uh, maybe from a little different p- perspective here uh, today, Acts chapter two and verse number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You notice that... Uh, this outpouring on the day of Pentecost uh, was uh, characterized by a lot of different things happening. Sound of wind, uh, and, uh, uh, the, uh, the blessing, the rushing mighty wind and the, the flames of fire, uh, sitting on the top of all of those that were waiting in the upper room. And it says that it all happened suddenly, suddenly. And I, I think that we've all experienced, uh, God coming to our rescue and coming and just stepping in uh uh, the situation and uh almost as if it's uh, a sudden uh intervention in our on our behalf and God does work that way but I think it's, it's similar to the uh to the way we, uh, we look at it whenever a musician or a singer or someone with a great deal of talent gets up and uh, they, they, uh, uh, they sing or they play their instrument and we're like in awe of how great that they were. But we don't really consider the fact, or maybe most of us don't consider the fact, that in order for them to get to that place that they can do what they do, there were hours and hours, and years, and years of work, preparation, and development of their skill and their talents. And so it doesn't just happen suddenly, it happens over a process of time. And so while God does move sometimes in an instantaneous and a sudden way, I think there's some things that we can do in our own experience, in our own walk with the Lord, to see God step on the scene for us. In the process of time, we need to allow him to work in us and develop in us some things that he wants to develop. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, the prophet said, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And of course, we know that this messenger was John the Baptist. He was preparing the way for Jesus the Messiah to suddenly appear, or so it would seem that he would suddenly appear Uh, on the scene, the Messiah, but he was the long-awaited Messiah that uh, was expected and longed for for such a long, long time. And there was this long waiting period, a time of trusting, a time of waiting for God to come on the scene. And that season is just as important as the sudden move of God. Amen. Amen that waiting process, that uh, developing time, that God working in us in our lives to bring uh, to pass his purpose and his will. Now, I want God and I need God to move for me uh, and I need him to move for me. Many times I think, Lord, I need you to move for me right now and I need you to step on the scene, Lord, right now and just suddenly uh, move into my situation, but the reality is that God works in the process of His good will and time, and He works developing in us to accomplish the things that He wants to accomplish. So the the uh, the messenger John the Baptist came on the scene, and what he did was just as important. It was important. He was preparing the way. Luke chapter three. He came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the word of Esaias, the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. Now they were longing for the Messiah, but there was a process. There was a working of repentance. There was a preparation for the Messiah to step on the scene. The prophet had said every low place is going to be filled up. Every high place is going to be knocked down. Every crooked place is going to be made straight. Every rough place is going to be made smooth. This was all describing the work of preparing the hearts of Israel to repent, to turn from their ways, and to receive the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we want God to move, and I have to be honest, many times I want him to move, and I want him to move right now, I want it to be a sudden working of the Spirit in my behalf, and I want that. But I also understand God moves suddenly, but He also moves in the process of time as we allow Him to work in the waiting, and we allow Him to work through our struggles and our learning and our process. So my encouragement to you this morning is this. Don't waste the waiting time. Don't waste it, but instead understand in the midst of all that you are dealing with today that God is eventually gonna step on the scene and he's gonna reveal his mighty arm. He's gonna move suddenly for you. He's gonna step on the scene and help you and deliver you and heal you and move for you. But while you are waiting, let God do what he's wanting to do in your behalf. Amen. In the process, while you're waiting, don't waste that waiting season, but understand that there are things that God is wanting to do in you and for you even during the waiting period. Amen. Just as John the Baptist came on the scene to make the crooked straight and the low places level them off and the high places to bring them down, it was really a depiction of what uh, armies would do whenever the king was coming through. If there was no road, then they would make a road. They would create a road. They would tear down every obstacle. They would raise up uh, in every low place. Everything that was crooked, they would straighten it out because the king was coming through. And that's exactly how God works in our life, in our struggles, in our problems he works in all of that, and we want him to move suddenly, but I want you to know that there is a process and a working of the Spirit of God in our behalf. Amen. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out, but that was the, that was a, that was the uh, culmination of their steps of obedience, of their steps of paying attention to the command of the Lord for them. I'm sure they didn't understand the significance of what Jesus had commanded them to do. Go to Jerusalem, wait until you are and do with power from on high. We know now, we can look back and see it was 10 days that they waited there. They didn't know it was 10 days. They didn't know it was just until. You just stay here until you receive power from on high. They certainly didn't understand the full significance of what this Uh, outpouring of the Spirit was going to bring. It was going to bring uh, uh, power uh, to to send forth a church into all of the world. And now 2,000 years later, that same power is still at work today. The disciples could not have imagined the significance of all that was going on in their life and what God was calling them to do, but they obeyed. The voice of the Lord. There's about three or four things that God was doing in them and preparing them. That uh, uh, as the the church was expanding, and the first thing was teaching the, them the importance and the necessity of prayer, and how valuable and how important that it is. In Acts one and fourteen, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And so they all learned the valuable lesson that we need to have have, uh, power with God and we need to know how to call upon the Lord. We need to know how to wait upon the Lord. Psalm 27 and 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, On the Lord. You want God to move suddenly. He does that. He does move, but He's wanting you now in the process to to lean on Him and to call upon the name of the Lord. Something about your trouble, your your sickness, something about your struggles drive you to the Lord. Amen. Cause you to seek the Lord with a greater level of intensity than you've ever. Uh, have before. Something about going through trouble and, and sorrow and sickness and things that you're up against um, that drive you to the Lord. Earlier uh, this year, some months ago, I was going through a physical thing and I was just, I was so troubled and so discouraged uh, by it. Um, I started coming here to the church every morning and I spent about most of the mornings here at the church, and I just walked and prayed and walked and prayed. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to me so clearly during that time and revealed himself to me in such a special way. And I heard the voice of the Lord, and I received from him the strength and the encouragement that I need and even the healing that I needed, and I just praise God for that. Something about our struggles drive us to prayer Drive us to call upon the Lord. You want God to move suddenly for you. Well, first of all, follow the steps of obedience and call upon the name of the Lord. Let your struggle put you on your knees. Let it drive you to the Lord. Let it cause you to call upon the Lord and to wait upon the Lord. Another thing that happened in that upper room experience, you notice that uh, they... Uh, made the announcement uh, concerning Judas. Judas is out of the picture now, and uh, the 12, uh, this uh, 12 disciples that was first called and instituted by the Savior, uh, is no longer complete. And so we need to make sure that it is complete. We need to make that wrong a right. We need to change the circumstance and turn it around, righting wrongs. Sometimes in the waiting process, it's important for us to make wrongs right. Amen. To turn things around, correct things that have been marred or changed uh, in our life, areas of your life that God brings to your mind or to your attention. In the waiting process, when you're waiting for God to step on the scene and help you. Let it drive you to prayer. And let it also cause you uh, to make corrections that need to be made. Amen. Wrongs and failures and things that need to change. Sometimes restitution needs to be made. In the waiting process. Sometimes apologies need to be made. In the waiting process. Amen. Sometimes rights need to be Uh, wrongs need to be made right once again. Things need to be put back in the proper order uh, whenever God is working in your life. Don't waste the process. Don't waste the time. Don't just sit idly by thinking, oh, someday God will come suddenly and help me. Sure, he will, but in the process, he wants you to listen to his voice and walk according to his precepts. So, writing wrongs, amen, correcting things that have been wrong, and changing them, uh, and getting those things aligned according to the plan of God, amen. I, I do believe that when you're going through a trying situation, it's a good time for self-examination. Amen. It's a good time to look very closely at your own life, your own heart, and, uh, ask the Lord, Lord, would you just work in me? And if there's any area of my life that is not pleasing to you, then reveal that to me because I want to get this all right. I want to get it corrected. I want to get everything in line with your purpose and your will. Amen. May not be easy. Oftentimes it's not easy to go and to make an apology or to make restitution, to go to make it right with someone maybe that... uh, uh, you've offended, or they've offended you, or some some situation that's out of balance in in, in your walk with God and your relationship with the people of God. Get it uh, get it changed, get it righted, get it corrected uh, in this waiting period, uh, so that God can come and move in your behalf. And then notice also that that there was uh, uh, a determination to be obedient to the will of God, to what Jesus was commanding them to do. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Now, Jesus ascended into heaven, so he's gone. And all they have to do is just do what he said to do, was to walk in obedience to his will. Do what he commanded them to do. Let me tell you, the life of obedience is a life uh, that is not always easy, but all the joy and the fulfillment of doing God's will and doing things his way, amen. Walking according to his plan. And many times we don't know, just like those disciples didn't know. They went to the upper room not knowing that it was gonna be 10 days, not knowing the full impact of their obedience to God. If there was going to be this sudden move of God on the day of Pentecost. They didn't know any of those things. They were just walking in obedience to what Jesus had commanded them to do. Abraham was the father of the faithful, and it says that he, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. What what uh Courage Abraham had to have to hear the voice of the Lord and to step out in faith and do what the Lord is calling him to do it is a, It is a big thing to step out and walk in obedience to the voice of the Lord, Abraham doing so, not knowing the outcome those in the upper room, not knowing the full impact of their obedience. You just don't know how God could use your obedience. Amen. You don't know how God could use your yes. Okay, God, I'll do what you're asking me to do. I'll listen to your voice. I'll say yes to you, Lord. You don't know the full impact and the power of your willingness to do what God is calling you to do. The song says, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Amen. That should be the desire of every one of us here this morning. Our desire is to listen to his voice and to obey his voice. Do what he's calling us to do. Charles Stanley uh, lived by this motto. He just recently passed away after pastoring for 60, some years, 65 years or something like that. He uh his, his uh, life uh, message uh, was obey God and leave the, the uh, uh, consequences to him. Obey the Lord and leave all the other consequences to him. A good motto, a good motto. Just do what God is calling you to do. Just listen to the voice of the Lord and allow him to use your obedience To accomplish things that you could have never imagined in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you notice there's several things here that happened before the suddenly happened. Before the sudden move of God. Before the outpouring on Pentecost took place. There were several things that had to happen beforehand. They had to learn the value of prayer. They had to learn the importance of righting wrongs. They had to learn the importance of obedience to the voice of the Lord. And then it says that they were all in one place in the text that we read there. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord and in one place. They had to learn the importance and the value of unity, moving together, working together. The suddenly came because they were willing uh, to be unified, bound together by a spirit of unity to accomplish the things that God wants to accomplish. Amen. I can just say to all of us here at First Pentecostal Church, let's all just get on board. Let's all just walk in accordance to the purpose of God and what he is wanting to do. Just get with the plan of God. Get with the purpose of God, whatever that that might be, and walk in unity and expect that because of that, that unity that he is going to pour out his spirit. Amen. The Bible says that suddenly, suddenly, there is this outpouring of the spirit, a sound from heaven, As a rushing mighty wind. The whole house is filled with this great demonstration of power from heaven. It was enough power to empower them to get the church started and to continue the church for more than 2,000 years. So that was a pretty powerful day, wasn't it? That was a powerful outpouring and it happened because of their obedience and it happened because of their unity. Amen. They were bound Together, in a common purpose and a common calling. visions 4 and verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We've been called to that very spirit of unity. Amen. I know we're diverse. We all have a lot of different backgrounds. I'm an Okie. That's uh, my background. Oklahoma. And uh, I don't know that I can uh, and that climate uh, is not uh, not for me anymore, it was just too hot out there, Uh, 94, 95, 96 degrees, unpleasant, but I was born and raised in in Oklahoma. Many of you have different backgrounds, different uh, uh, circumstances in your past, uh, and uh, that's okay, what brings us together? Well, there's only one thing: it is the it is the working and the moving of the Spirit. It is the bond of peace that brings us together, that unites us together under the banner of Jesus Christ. And uh, we may have different personalities, different backgrounds, different things about our lives and our past, but something about uh, uh, the the commonness of coming together under the banner of Jesus Christ, amen. It causes us to be able to unite together, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, that we can unite together in this common cause. Acts chapter four and verse 23, this is the account of the disciples after they uh, uh, were faced with the first persecution, what happened to them as they were persecuted. It says, and being let go, they went, their own, went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said unto them. Who was their own company? Well, it wasn't necessarily their family. It was the family of God. It was the church folks. It was the believers, the group of believers. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice uh, to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is, who who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. This was the transforming work of unity. What happens when the people of God bind together no matter what the opposition, no matter what the struggle was, unity turned this struggle into a great outpouring of the Spirit of God as they spoke the, the Word of God with boldness. Unity is a powerful force and that the, uh, the work of the Spirit of God can be accomplished whenever the people of God unite together, bind together to accomplish His purpose. Amen. So I guess... What I wanted to say this morning was, yes, God does move suddenly. He does move sometimes and kind of surprises us. And he moves quickly and amazingly and uh, works in our lives in wonderful ways. But most of the time, we have to recognize that there is this process of his working in our life. He's working through all different kinds of circumstances and needs and situations that we're up against making the low places high the high places low preparing the way so that we can receive what god wants to provide for us as his people hallelujah praise the lord you want god to move for you well let him work on you and in you through the waiting through the process through the thing you're going through right now you're wondering lord where are you why aren't you moving for me why aren't you changing this circumstance. Why aren't you working in my need today? Oh, he's working. He's working in the process. Let him teach you some things about the value of holding on to the Lord with all of your might. Amen. And trusting him to meet your needs today praise God I just believe that there are probably some in this meeting today you're you've been praying and asking God Lord would you come and deliver me and help me in my present situation and God is answering you by saying I'm with you I'm with you in the middle of all of the struggle and all that you're dealing with I am with you amen and I'm going to bring you through it amen you'll be surprised by the presence of God. You'll be surprised by the help of God when God just steps on the scene and works for you and delivers you and heals you. You'll be amazed at the wonderful presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you because we know that today you're at work in our lives. And Lord, wherever we are and whatever we're dealing with, you know all about it. And you know, Lord, exactly the struggles of our daily life. And I ask you, Lord, pour your spirit out. Stir our hearts, Lord. And Lord, through all the struggles, work in us. Lord, in the waiting period, Lord, do some things in us and prepare us, Lord, that we can receive what you have for us. Do the work, Lord, in our lives today. And whatever, whatever the needs are, Lord, show yourself mighty and powerful in all of our needs. And we thank you for that. Praise the name of the Lord.